How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Good afternoon or good evening to some of you, uh, America. This is Mark Grimaldi, executive producer of The Leslie Marshall Show. I am joined by my guest host today, Brad Bannon, as Leslie is in New York City uh, doing her television hits live this week, and she's going to be at a uh, festival called Liberty Fest uh, for Libertarians. She's going to be talking about where liberals and libertarians have uh, intersecting views. So in the meantime, Brad and I are going to be uh, holding down the fort. Are you there, Brad? I'm here, Mark. Look, glad to be on with you today. Yes, we have two uh, Syracuse grads hosting one show. The only difference, I think, between us today will be uh, one of us is wearing a baseball jersey, and I think you could probably guess I'm wearing my... uh, my white pinstripe jersey for the Yankees, and I think they're going to need all the help they need. As uh, Brad, you know baseball as well as anyone. They they're facing a tough pitcher tonight, so uh, I'm holding out hope. But who knows? Yeah, well, that's you never know. That's why they call them wild card games because they're wild, and you never know what's going to happen. That is correct. So we are going to go ahead and uh, check what is ripped from the headlines, as Leslie does. We start things off. And uh, today, uh, it looks like things are uh, ramping up with uh, Russia's involvement in Syria. Um, Brad, I know uh, we had talked off the air beforehand, and we were going to be talking from 506 to 528 uh, to Roan Carey uh, from The Nation, who is going to be talking about the situation in Syria. And I thought before we uh, started the interview today that I had a handle on everything, but it looks like things have changed even more as uh, CNN is reporting that Russia is now has ground troops in Syria. Russia, of course, as they usually do, is denying this. Um, but that really is escalating the situation, and some people are saying that it has uh, them reminiscent regarding when Russia got involved with uh, Afghanistan all these years ago. And uh, also the, the news is saying that um, the targets that the military is targeting, the Russian military is targeting, they're saying that it's ISIS, but uh, reports from the U.N. Uh, have them saying that they're targeting Assad's enemies that are not ISIS. So this is very bad news for the region. Yeah, it is, and it just so shows how complicated the politics are. Essentially, the Russian interest is they're trying to protect uh, Assad. Uh, so they're fighting uh, Assad's enemies, who are the United States allies fighting uh, the uh, Islamic 
uh, state. Uh, so essentially, we're operating at cross purposes with the Russians in Syria, which makes things even more complicated and deadly than they were before. Uh, so th this is a real major problem. Uh, Russia has been a longtime supporter of the Assad regime. Uh, they have a naval base uh, in, uh, on the Syrian coast, uh, but this is the first time, to my knowledge at least, they've committed troops uh, anywhere uh, other than Eastern Europe. So uh, th this is a real problem because uh, we're uh, we are at cross purposes with the Russians here. They're fighting the people we're fighting with to defeat the uh, Islamic State. So this should get uh, this is a very dicey situation. It really is, and it's honestly, and we're going to unpack this some more uh, when we talk with Roan Carey from The Nation at 506. Um, I think it's it's a complicated topic even for people who follow politics and follow world politics every day, but to the average American who's just trying to figure out what's going on there, I mean, I honestly have to read up on this almost every day just to make sure I'm understanding everything properly because there's so many different interests in the region. I mean, you have... It's almost becoming a proxy war where you have different nations fighting on behalf or, or sending weapons or money or, in this case, troops from Russia to different sides that they want to win. And all the mean, in the meantime, you have literally half the nation's population has been displaced over the past four and a half years. And 300,000 people have died. It's just absolutely astounding. You know, I was talking with our assistant producer, Andrew Tomedy, off air before the show today. You know, and we think of the crisis of 9-11. It's, you know, the greatest tragedy in, in American history, many would argue. And we lost under, under 3,000 people, I believe, that day, which is, if my math is correct, uh, what is that, like 1% of the 300,000 people that have died in this Syrian conflict? Yeah. So, um, yep. It's just staggering. Um, I think a lot of the time people think, oh, that's their problem over there, or people who care about it. They don't. I mean, usually when you have a bad situation, I think, you know, think back to Iraq when it was Saddam Hussein or even back to World War Two. OK, it was Hitler. You understood, you know, there's one bad guy. Let's go get that bad guy and let, you know, let that let the other side, you know, develop their government, which, you know, in some cases doesn't work. You see what happened when we, did, you know, got rid of Saddam Hussein, you know, who takes over. Same thing in Libya. But in this case, it's not even that quote-unquote simple because you have Assad on one side, you know, massacring and exterminating, you know, enacting genocide on the people he disagrees with. And the other side has been radicalized through ISIS. And then, you know, there's these citizens in the middle, which is why you see, you know, so many of them being displaced. But we will talk more about that at 5.06. In the meantime, we're going to rip another. And uh, keeping uh, with international affairs, uh, President Obama seems to be at a crossroads as to what to do with Afghanistan. As you know, most of our fighting forces uh, have left the region, but we still have a small force uh, left in Afghanistan. Um, it is the nation's longest war. Uh, recently, there's been outrage over uh, the bombing of a hospital in, uh, I, I believe it's Kunduz or Kunduz, uh, Afghanistan by an American gunship on Saturday, and Doctors Without Borders is saying that it's a war crime in which 22 uh, civilians, including doctors and patients, were killed. Um, it also raises basically a troublesome uh, tactical questions for Washington because it, it brings up the problem of how 
how reliable are the Afghan forces we're coordinating these airstrikes with? Um, what's your take on this situation, Brad? I think the problem is, it, you know, it brings up the situation of, you know, the, the, the song, should I stay or should I go? If, if we stay, we're staying engaged in this conflict. But if we go, what happens if this security force in Afghanistan falls to the Taliban and then all of a sudden, you know, it becomes a terrorist state? Well, yeah, it's a major problem. And, you know, I think the what the moral here is Afghanistan and also in Syria is that the United States can just do so much. Uh, the reality is uh, the Taliban uh, are going to take over Afghanistan. Uh, and the only way we can prevent that uh, is to have a large American force there permanently. Uh, and uh, certainly President Obama doesn't want to do that. Uh, I don't think there's any public appetite for doing that. Uh, but the reality is we can just influence events so much. Uh, and the politics of the Middle East, whether it's Syria or Afghanistan, is so complicated. If you press down in one place, something is going to pop up somewhere else. Uh, and, uh, you know, we could, we had, um, you know, I mean, we had one point we had, you know, more than 100,000 troops in Afghanistan, uh, and we couldn't control it then. Uh, now I think we're down to 5,000 or so, and uh, it's supposed to go down to 1,000, I believe, by the end of this year. Uh, but because of the renewed Taliban offensive, uh, the president is thinking of uh, uh, at least considering not uh, withdrawing the additional 4,000 troops. But the reality is whether they stay or go is really you know, inconsequential because the Afghanistan army uh, is a joke. They don't want to fight. Uh, the Taliban, they want to fight, and they'll take over the country. Uh, and the short answer is you can't solve these problems militarily. Um, that's what we tried to do uh, in uh, Afghanistan. Uh, that failed. Uh, we tried to do that in Iraq. That was a dreadful failure. Uh, now we're trying to do that in Syria, and military solutions just don't work in the Middle East. The only way you can move forward is through diplomacy. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's not the route uh, we've chosen, unfortunately. All right, Brad, thank you for that take. We're going to do one more story here in Ripped. And I'm going to ask your opinion on this, Brad, versus giving my own, because I know you know the, the politics of D.C. Uh, better than almost anyone. I'm going to ask you to just do it in a minute here so we can get to break. But what's your take on Tea Party favorite representative Jason, uh, is it Shafetz? Uh, yes, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, of Utah, who is basically challenging Representative Kevin McCarthy uh, to be House Speaker. It seems that he thinks he has a better chance than McCarthy, and McCarthy obviously uh, really stepped in it recently when he pretty much admitted what everyone already knew but said out loud that the Benghazi committee was just to drive down Hillary Clinton's poll numbers. Uh, what do you make of uh, Shafetz and McCarthy? Who do you think will win? And uh, how do you think this affects the GOP, this kind of infighting? And if you just, like I said, give it a, uh, this take in about a minute or so. Well, there's this great fight going on between within the GOP, between the conservative GOP establishment and the, you know, the, the you know, right-wingers. And the speaker's race is a good example of it. I think I think, I think uh, tomorrow the Republican caucus meets uh, 
to essentially nominate their candidate. Um, I suspect uh, McCarthy has the votes for that. But the problem is, Chavez says he may take this to the floor, uh, which means that when you have a vote, you might have a three-way vote for speaker between Nancy Pelosi, Kevin McCarthy, and Chavez. And under those circumstances, uh, the Republicans could nominate a speaker because McCarthy wouldn't, even though he has the majority of the caucus, he wouldn't have the majority of the House. So uh, this challenged McCarthy has the potential of really mucking up the works in D.C. in Congress, uh, even more than they are now, which is hard to believe, but it's a real mess. <laughs> it is hard to believe. Well, I guess as Democrats, we'll sit back and uh, enjoy. In the meantime, yeah. that is what's ripped from the headlines. We will be uh, returning here with uh, Brad and myself. And we're going to be joined by Simon City, creator of Politicon, which is a fan fest for political junkies. You won't want to miss that on the other side of this break. If you'd like to give us a call to talk with our guest and myself uh, and Brad as well, the number to do so, as you know, is 888-6-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. And we'll be right back after this break. Grimaldi, Leslie's executive producer. I am guest hosting today with our good friend and uh, Democratic political strategist Brad Bannon. And we're going to be joined in just a moment by the creator of Politicon. Um, it is a convention that is modeled after Comic-Con. For those of you who don't know Comic-Con... You probably don't watch The Big Bang Theory like I do. <laughs> um, essentially, it is uh, a dream for everyone who loves comic books and sci-fi. Um, they dress up in different costumes, and uh, it's a big convention. And Politicon is modeled after that. It's kind of like Comic-Con uh, for political junkies. Um, there's going to be a ton of different people who are sponsoring and hosting it, including Politico, Newsmax, The Daily Beast, Slate, Newsweek, and the Independent Voter Project. Um, it's a two-day fan fest specifically for political junkies, and it will be this Friday and Saturday in Los Angeles. And uh, the creator of Politicon, Simon City, is going to be joining us. And, Brad, I'm going to let you uh, go ahead and do that, as uh, you were great enough to uh, get us this wonderful guest. So take it away, Brad. Okay, our guest in this hour is Simon City. Uh, he is the creator, as Mark said, of Politicon, uh, which uh, he describes as a fun fest for political junkies. I have a t hard time associating fun fest with political junkies, but hopefully uh, Simon will explain that. Uh, Simon has produced a lot of uh, famous acts and people, uh, Roger Waters, um, Carrie Underwood, Elton John. Uh, he has also produced the live vision, the live uh, versions of uh, American Idol, and uh, so you think you can dance. By the way, there's no doubt that I don't think I can dance. Uh, anyway, uh, let's bring Simon on and ask him to talk about political uh, Politicon. Simon, how are you doing today? I'm great, Brad. How are you? 
Fine. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, let's start out. Why don't you just uh, describe to our listeners what uh, Polycon was? When I first heard about it, I thought it was a very interesting concept. I'd never heard of anything uh, like that before. So, it, you know, go ahead and describe it to our listeners. Politicon is like a Comic-Con style event for politics and pop culture. So it's not just about panels and debates, but it's also about music, comedy, art, television, radio, podcasts, movies, books, the whole range of activities that you would expect to find at a Comic-Con style event for politics and pop culture. Um, you know, we've got a lot of people coming. We've got a lot of, uh, we've got, you know, Newt Gingrich and James Carville and David Axelrod and Doris Kearns Goodwin and uh, uh, who else we've got? Uh, we've got Ann Coulter. We've got Jenks from the Young Turks. We've got uh, uh, Trevor Noah is doing his first live uh, appearance since uh, taking over the Daily Show. We've got Liz Winstead. We've got uh, Jeff Ross. We've got a huge range of activities going on. We've got a whole democracy village with booths and games and comedy and entertainment and music. We've got a fantastic art show uh, being curated. We've got original pieces from Shepard Fairey, Robbie Canal, uh, and Sabo. Uh, it's it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's nonpartisan. We believe only in free speech. Uh, okay. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is that mix of politics and entertainment and pop culture which people love. The reason they watch me, House of Cards, Amble, you know. Okay, uh, and it's in uh, Los Angeles stations, this podcast, weekend, right? Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, well, let, let me ask you this question. Uh, when most Americans uh, think of politics, uh, they think, uh, I think the first word that comes to their mind uh, is dismal. Uh, and I don't think most Americans consider uh, politics a fun fest. Now, I'm a political consultant, and I certainly had my fair share of uh, fun in the political business over the last couple of decades. Uh, but uh, isn't that a tough association for many people, fun fest and political junkies? Uh, well, we call it a fan fest um, okay. because we're not necessarily expecting uh, too many kumbaya moments. Uh, we are expecting uh, some sparks to fly. Uh, but this is a place where people, you know, this is a platform where people can come and do whatever they want to do, whether it's whether it's media organizations, political activists, uh, parties, political parties, um, television companies, media companies, etc. This is a platform for them to come and do what they want. So we do have serious things going on. We've got very serious discussions. We have Black Lives Matter coming. We've got Dr. Alveda King um, coming to, to talk about, uh, uh, you know, her issues. Um, you know, there's some very serious um, things going on. But then we've got some frivolous stuff going on. We've got Emmy Award-winning actor Tony Hale uh, from Veep, and he's going to be in conversation with Reggie Love who played uh, the body man, um, who was the body man for, for the president, and Tony Hale, of course, played, uh, plays it on V. Simon, we're going to take a quick break here. Myself uh, and Brad will be rejoining you in just a couple of minutes, and we're going to talk some more about Politicon. So if you'd like to join in, give us a call at 888-6LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543, and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is executive producer Mark Grimaldi, joined by our guest host, 
Brad Bannon and our guest, Simon City of Politicon. Uh, Brad, why don't you go ahead and uh, continue talking with uh, Simon about Politicon. Okay, uh, Simon, uh, uh, this event will be taking place in Los Angeles this weekend. Uh, what kind of people, uh, uh, what kind of, uh, uh, you have a very prominent list of guests there. Uh, what kind of uh, people do you hope will attend your uh, Politicon? We hope it'll be really broad. Um, you know, we until they turn up, we don't really know. We know we've got over 5,000 people coming at the moment, and we've still got a few more days to go. So... We're saving a lot of people. We're doing a lot of outreach to, uh, to uh, colleges and young people, so we hope we're going to get a lot of young uh, students and uh, a lot of young people. But, you know, it, it's very broad. And, you know, we are reaching out to all communities uh, in the Los Angeles area and, and further and we hope we'll get uh, we'll hope we'll get a good uh, cross section of people. Speaking of that, Simon, uh, do you hope that this will get more people engaged? You're, you're talking about young people in college. I know, you know, you will have a lot of political junkies who are already very engaged in the process. But maybe this is something, you know, for instance, like the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, some people who are very concerned about you know the issue of you know violence against the black community. You know, will be able to engage a whole different type of community. You know, including young people, African-Americans, who maybe aren't, feel kind of left out of the process and get them engaged? Of course we do. And, you know, we, we really hope that people from, from all walks of life will get together and see that, uh, you know, people are people. And I think that that's what we hope to get out of Politicon. I think it's a good place for people to come and talk about the issues that they want to talk about. And we hope that that will, will you know, some people who support you know, uh, a completely different way of thinking may, may you know, see, see the other side of things. You never know. There is always uh, hope. Uh, Simon, uh, you have some, as I said, you have some very prominent people. Uh, former Congresswoman uh, Michelle Bachman will be there. Uh, yes. Polit- political commentator Ann Coulter. Uh, you have uh, a daily show co-creator was Winstead. Now you have a mix here of some very conservative and some very uh, liberal people. Do you expect fireworks? Oh, I hope so. Uh, yes, I think there'll be some fireworks. But we have a great security company, so I think we'll be there. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, no, I, you know, I think it's going to be fun. I don't think, I don't think we're uh, going to find uh, Liz and Anne, uh, you know, arm in arm. But uh, I think that uh, I think we'll see some uh, some interesting pairings. Well, isn't and that, we're putting it, people on stage together, so you know, there there will be there's, there's a place to have these discussions. And that's, I think that's a problem is enough people who, you know, there's not enough people who disagree with, with one another who talk about these issues. You know, I was just ta- speaking of. You know, obviously, you're both aware in the news uh, last week was the, you know, UCC shooting in Oregon, and it brought up the issue of gun control. And I think one of the problems is, you know, anybody who wants to do anything on gun control, the other side sometimes will say, well, you just want to take away our guns. And, you know, there's an opportunity to, to say, you know, no, that that's not what we want to do. And you know, basically then have a conversation. Maybe, you know, people could find a middle ground. Uh, you know, Brad, you've talked about in the past how, you know, Ronald Reagan and Tipper Gore, I believe, would, you know, both go out to a pub after and, you know, kind of 
talk things out and get things done. And if you look at today's Congress, there isn't enough discussion between, you know, parties that disagree with one another. So maybe this could be used as a vehicle, at least for citizens uh, at the beginning, to start to have these conversations and maybe kind of show the way for, um, you know, what our politicians should be doing. Uh, You know, either one of you guys feel free to jump in and talk about that. Well, uh, yeah, there is very little common ground, uh, Mark. We've talked about that on the show. Uh, And, you know, I think most Americans, including Republicans, I mean, gun control is a good example. Uh, If you look at fairly specific things like uh, background checks uh, at gun shows, uh, about nine out of ten Americans, including majority of Republicans, think that's a sensible idea. But the whole debate has been lost in the rhetoric, uh, we're going to, you know, it's a question is, you're going to take away our guns or not? Uh, and so, uh, yeah, any forum we can have for uh, discussion of issues, especially gun control because of recent events, uh, is very good. Let me ask Simon a question. Uh, it says here, Simon, that you have 12 different rooms, uh, back-to-back sessions. Uh, how is this thing set up? We we kind of want to run it like a uh, like a music festival, so there's something going on in all of the rooms in all of the spaces all the time. Um, so if you want to go see a serious discussion, that'll be over in that room or in that room. If you want to go see some comedy by the UCB, you can go into into the Democracy Village over there. If you want to go and uh, watch a movie. That's up in one of the two screening rooms. So we're, we're programming it so that there's something for everybody all the time. How did so you people can c- dip in and out. How did you come up with this idea? How did this come to you, Simon? I was uh, listening to a uh, political uh, uh, podcast, and uh, uh, it was a live version, and it was nothing about what they were talking about, because I think they were talking about some SCOTUS uh, ruling. Um, but it was the reaction of the audience. And my background, as you know, is, is live entertainment, and it was a noise that I'd heard every day of my working life. And I just thought that there's something in this, and it grew into into something that uh, that we now call Politicon, and we're very excited about it. Uh, I imagine that uh, the presidential race is going to definitely uh, come up. Uh, any straw polls or anything like that to measure uh, presidential preference? That seems to be the rage these days. Well, I think it's pretty obvious who uh, who people like. You know, you've gone one side. You've got uh, Bernie Saunders, uh, who's uh, able to go on uh, national primetime television and say, "I'm a socialist and believe in socialized medicine," or you've got uh, Donald Trump going on primetime television saying what he says. So there's, uh, you know, it, it's fascinating to see that these two outliers. Are, uh, are are doing so so well, and that the uh, the regular sort of political uh, class is uh, is struggling to keep up with them. I went to the uh, to the Reagan Library for the debate, which I'd never been to one before. It was absolutely fascinating. I was in the spin room and the uh, and the press room, and uh, watching uh, Donald Trump arrive was uh, was like watching Elvis entering the building. <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was it was a rock and roll show, and you know p- politics and entertainment have been. You know, have been bedfellows for for a long time now, so it's not unusual. Okay, uh, let me uh, ask you this, Simon. Uh, there. Uh you're going to have a number of things going on at the same time, uh, including 
serious uh, events where there's serious discussion of issues. Uh, do you have uh, any uh, specific schedule for uh, you know various issues or problems uh, that your guests are going to uh, talk about, or is it pretty much a free for all and talk about whatever uh, comes to mind? Oh no, we've got we've absolutely got dedicated uh, panels and discussions going on about all sorts of issues. You can have a look at our schedule on the, on our website, politicon.com. Um, and you know you'll be able to see the sort of uh, issues and discussions and conversations that we're uh, we're starting and trying to have. And we're not we're not the people that have uh, you know we're programming some of this stuff, but some of this stuff is being programmed by different organisations and different events. Um, you know, uh, and some of it, as I said, is 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 serious, and some of it is frivolous. You know, it's uh, it's 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 a good place to uh, have a great discussion about the election with uh, James Carville, Newt Gingrich, David Axelrod, and Alex Castellanos. Um, or it's a good place to uh, to listen to uh, campaign war stories from uh, from the from the backroom boys that uh, that were there. So I think it's uh, there's all sorts of stuff going on. There's so much going on. But it's very hard to keep track of it all. At the now we're, uh, we're pulling our hair out. Today. It looks like you have something for independence as well, Simon. And I wanted to talk to you about the Independent Voter Project, um, which is going to host its own panel, which is going to be titled "Outside the Partisan Narrative: From Journalism to Elections." Um, you've got Daily Beast uh, editor John Avalon, as well as uh, 2014 Independent U.S. Sen- uh, candidate Greg uh, Orman. Um, as well as some other guests. And, you know, one thing that they published, which I thought was pretty interesting, is that uh, a recent poll has 45% of voters self-identifying as independent voters. So um, I just think it's interesting that you're going to have kind of a non-partisan, you know, section outside of, you know, the right the right-wing people like Ann Coulter, you know, the left-wing people that are there, maybe like James Carville. Um, and maybe that's something, too, that I think would attract more young voters because a lot of them are getting involved in the process. And also people who I think are kind of sick of the, you know, oh, I'm either on the left or on the right, and I have to agree with everything that the left or the right agrees with. Um, you know, how did, how did you guys decide to have that? Because I think it's very uh, integral if you're going to have something with Politicon and have everything for oh, everyone. It's absolutely, it's absolutely essential. Look, Politicon is a non- partisan events you know we're not left we're not right we're uh, we're, we're completely independent but we're not independent we we allow uh, anybody to to come and do whatever they want and i think you're absolutely right it's, it's very important to have uh, you know all sides and no sides uh, all coming together and i think that will be one of i think that will be one of the most important discussions we have hence it being hosted by uh, john avalon of the daily beast now, when you go, uh, you know, and where, what are you going to be doing during the event? Are you just going to be running around like a chicken oh. with your head cut off? Or oh, what? I'll, be, I'll be the one in the corner, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think that there's going to be a lot to do. There'll be a lot of practical things to do. There'll be a lot of uh, making sure people are happy and looking after everybody. And uh, I'll be watching the audience, I think, mainly. I'll be watching what our audience are interested in, what, what rooms are full, what rooms, you know, aren't so full. Uh, see where the interest lies, see where we can improve it, what we can do to make Politicon 
something that's worth coming to year in, year out. And before, Brad, I know you have another you know question you want to talk about, Simon. Uh, we just want to tell everyone where they can uh, get tickets to this event. So they can go to Politicon.com. Make sure to follow them on Twitter, at Politicon. And um, you know, I think this could definitely be an annual event, and I know it's something that I personally uh, will definitely look to be going to in the future. And, Brad, I know it's something that you would be interested in as well. Um, so, you know, if our if our listeners, anyone in the Los Angeles area or is going to be traveling that way, I would definitely encourage them to check it out. And make sure to report back. Give us a call. Let us know what type of events that you went to because, as Simon said, you can actually go and pretty much tailor the schedule to yourself, which I think is very cool. Um, and, Brad, I know you had uh, another thing you wanted to say to Simon before we had to let him go. Yeah, uh, Simon, I imagine because you're producing this event, you've thought a lot about politics in in the last few months. Uh, So my question uh, to you is, what do you think, I think it's fair to say that American politics these days is fairly dysfunctional. Uh, What do you think is wrong uh, with American politics? You can probably tell that I'm not originally from here. A fresh perspective is always good. Any day. Let me tell you, any day, it's, uh, it's not dysfunctional. It might need a little bit of, uh, you know, tinkering here and there, but you've got a pretty good system, and uh, I, I, think, uh, I, I, I think we're going to be okay. Oh, good. Uh, uh, that, uh, that would be very helpful because, uh, well, let me ask you another, another question. Uh, why, do mo- most Ameri- why do you think most Americans think the system is dysfunctional? And they do. Uh, most, uh, something like 12% of, only 12% of Americans uh, rate uh, Congress positively on, uh, j- on its job performance. Uh, a lot of Americans think it's dysfunctional. Why do you think they think that? Uh, it's interesting. You know, this country has been divided for a few hundred years now. Um, so I think there's always going to be that, and there's a small amount of people, you know, the swing, the swing voters, that decide the elections. Um, I, I, I think that it's, I, I think that that's the system we're in. It's going to take a lot to change that. I hope that Politicon could be a small part in that uh, to give people awareness. And you know, we, that's how we hope that Politicon will grow. But it'll be part of a conversation to make things better. You know, nothing's ever perfect. It's always trying to get it to, to get it to be uh, as, as good as it can be. Well, Simon, I, we're going to let you go. Uh, hopefully, they're not putting the cuffs on you over there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, they're, we, they're, uh, they're closing in. We really appreciate you coming on. And uh, once again, make sure to please vo- uh, visit Politicon.com and follow uh, Politicon uh, on Twitter, at Politicon. And, uh, Simon, anything you'd like to leave us with before we let you get back to what you're doing? I just want to say thank you very much for the time. And uh, we really hope that uh, as many people come and enjoy themselves at Politicon, uh, this year, and we can do it again next year and the year after that. Awesome. Thank you again. Again, that is Simon City of uh, Politicon, creator of Politicon. Brad and myself uh, are going to be back with our TRNS News update from Washington, D.C., as we do each day. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call, the number is 888-6LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543, and we'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to The Leslie Marshall Show. Truth for all sides of the spectrum. 888-6-LESLIE.
Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is executive producer Mark Romaldi in for Leslie as she is in New York City doing some live television and being a guest at Liberty Fest. You can check out more on her uh, Twitter account or Facebook page about that. In the meantime, the news goes on, and to give us the news, we have former Congressman Bob Ney, who now works for TRNS, and you hear him regularly on Leslie's show. He is our insider uh, as far as everything Congress. And, Bob, it looks like we uh, see Hillary Clinton is now capitalizing on the uh, gift that uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, handed to her with his gaffe about Benghazi. Tell us more about that, Bob. Well, that's right, Mark. Now, they say Republicans aren't nice. He gave her such a wonderful early Christmas gift. <laughs> McCarthy, the speaker-to-be, had the, and it's not a small gaffe, he had the large gaffe where he he was being pressured. And, well, yes, you know, I'm, I want to be speaker. I'm the party guy. In fact, he said, we drove Hillary Clinton's numbers to the Benghazi committee. Well, the big problem is $4 million in taxpayers' dollars was spent, and you can't use government money to drive anybody's political numbers anywhere. So that gaffe almost cost him his speakership if it wasn't coming up for Thursday. But Hillary Clinton has really seized on that, and she has an ad out. And it features McCarthy and Fox News last week that everybody thought Hillary was unbeatable. We put together a Benghazi special committee, a select committee. Her poll numbers, where are they at today? And I think she'll run enough of this, Mark, that when they have that select committee, I mean, I expect her to go in with boxing gloves off and just start going at it. And she really should. I mean, she already had good reason to, to be honest, but now it's just out in the open. Um, and this kind of, Bob, goes with a theme that we've been seeing from, um, you know, Secretary, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, where she's been more aggressive lately. And I think people who back her in her campaign have embraced this because they want to see her fight back against some of these attacks. Well, she has to because, you know, it's a blood sport when it comes to what they've done with her. They've used this committee for how many years now? A couple of years. And now it's it's admitted. I mean, honestly, when I heard McCarthy say that, the back of my hair, my neck went up because when when I was in the House, you know, we were so strict just on newsletters alone. So he now admits, I mean, what we knew, actually come out and say, is beyond the gap. But you're right. I mean, a, a lot of people have been expecting her to come out and swing, and I really I think she'll go into that committee. I would be shocked if she didn't go in and say, okay, let's cut the nonsense. This is what this is all about. And, Bob, uh, we've got about two minutes left. I was hoping you could tell us about the uh, ex-UN president. He's been arrested in a bribery yeah. scheme? Yeah, this is something. The former United Nations General Assembly president, his name is John Ash, is, is being accused of receiving more than four hundred or five hundred thousand in bribes, and here's the catch: it's from Chinese businesses, and it was in exchange for help obtaining lucrative investments, government contracts, you know, etc. And he used his position as a permanent resident to the United Nations for the country of Antigua and Bar, uh, Barbuda, and the General Assembly head, of course, he was. He had a he had a U.S. document in support of a real estate project. It was developed by Chinese billionaire Nig Lap Sang, and I think they're going after him, too. So this one's going to unfold uh, big time, and Lord knows where it runs through and how it goes into other big businesses and uh, U.N. involvement, period. So this was kind of a shocker, Mark. And it's a big problem as the U.N. is really being heavily relied on as a vehicle to help you know, figure out what to do in Syria. Um, and if it starts coming into question as to whether or not this was a one-time thing or if it is more common at the U.N., you could see that it could pull away some attention from where the U.N. needs to be focusing right now. 
Oh, you're right. It could. And that's why I think the U.N. General Assembly will move to, you know, completely cooperate with uh, the uh, U.S. attorney in New York who's handling this from the American government, and that's where it came from. I think the U.N. will, will move fast because they've got a whole multitude of things going on. They've got, you know, the the Iran deal to, to look over, Syria, et cetera. So I, I, I think maybe they'll cooperate fully to get this cleaned up. That's good to hear. And, Bob, we got just about 30 seconds left. Tell us real quick, what's going on with Marco Rubio? Marco Rubio better win the presidency because he's missing uh, not this one, but a key Senate vote on defense spending. Uh, and he just says, well, you know, I'm better off, uh, better served if I'm president of the United States. Well, sometimes that backfires. So I don't know what kind of political career he'll have, but he better really focus on winning the presidency. When you when you run for president, you still got some key votes going. And this is a defense vote, and that's big in his home state of Florida. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. I look thank forward you. to talking to you again soon. Appreciate it. All right, this is Mark Grimaldi, and for Leslie Marshall, we'll be right back after this break. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive. Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive. Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.